We are rolling. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's been a while. It's been a it while. It's been a while. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, do you guys remember my voice? It's been that long. I almost forgot what you guys sounded like. Oh my goodness. It, it's been at least, what, two, three weeks? Two, three weeks, man. I feel like it's been forever. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. so much has happened. I mean, I think we, we, we didn't record um, after Christmas, did we? No, no, we haven't recorded since right before signing day. Well, shoot, we fellas, I mean, a... Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, guys, uh, we have a fun episode today. Uh, we are going to take uh, a little bit of a dive into men's basketball and women's basketball. Um, we're joined today by, obviously, Adam um, here on the Fido Montana podcast, but we have a special guest with Josh as well, too. Um, yeah, he brings a wealth of, uh, knowledge to the game, a more, a lot more than I know when it comes to <laughs> basketball. Um, so I'm going to be taking a little bit of the backseat role, um, listening, learning and chiming in just to let you guys know that I'm still basically in the podcast. <laughs> um, yep, man. So uh, what we usually do, we usually start these episodes by getting into a little bit of a Grizz update. Um, we're basically kind of doing that, just previewing basketball. There's not a whole yeah. lot else going. Um, as the kind of the season progresses and things start to come up, we'll update you guys as best as we can. But um, yeah, man, I mean, we're already uh, in a, in, into conference when it comes to both uh, both men and women's basketball. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're going to kind of go in depth and um, – give our thoughts and opinions on on where we're at also kind of give like a a, a, if you haven't watched any basketball that's okay Uh, i know life happens we'll give a kind of review of what happened last year what happened with losses and Mm add-ons of of players and then uh kind of get you up to date of where we're at right now they're actually both the women and the men are playing right now as Mm -hmm. we speak uh you know the women are in missoula the men are in northern arizona and mm-hmm. so Angel loves Northern Arizona. It's my favorite place, baby. If you guys listen, you guys know that's my spot. <laughs> so uh, always, always a hard place to play. But uh, let's get into this. Let's do the the men first. Uh, the the last year, 21, 2022, they ended up at eighteen and fourteen overall, eleven and nine in the conference. Um, the, what was rough is they lost eight of the last ten games that they played. Uh, which kind of core apart their season. They lost a quarterfinal uh, loss in the Big Sky Conference to Weber State um, and kind of wasn't what it, what we thought was going to happen. Um, injuries kind of played a, a part in that. Uh, really with uh, Mac Anderson down the stretch, I think that kind of hurt us a lot more than people really know uh, with him being gone. And then just ebbs and flows, you know, losses that we had from that year uh kyle owens left the team uh he transferred out uh johnny braggs left the team i don't think he got picked up any by anyone that i'm i'm aware of uh robbie beasley transferred cameron parker transferred to like i think it was like isn't that portland state that he's at yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um freddie brown i thought he transferred out but i thought also thought he was like doing like a job at like like Boeing, or he was like gonna that? head in that head in that direction, but he got up. He got a post grad scholarship, and he's okay. in Central Washington right now. Okay, and he's he's played very little um, um, here and there. I mean, it's not as if he's getting you know starter rotation minutes. In fact, of all those guys that left, um, it's really Kyle Owens okay. that's at yeah. uh, UC Riverside that's uh, 
that's had probably the the most complete season. Beasley has been um, a little bit better late, but it's not it's not like those guys left and suddenly became you know all conference stars. And you know, yeah. and then Cameron Parker's doing Cameron Parker things, yep. the same things he did last year here at mm-hmm. Portland State. You know, other than the fact that he's sitting on the bench. Uh, suspended for tonight's game because of uh, altercation behavior yeah. <laughs> last week uh, a punch. In, in regards to officiating, apparently. Well, he threw he a punch. punch. He punched a ref? No, he threw he threw a punch at a, a player in line. They oh, were really? going through the handshake yeah. lines, and he threw a punch at a guy. I don't know what the other guy said to him, but it looked like they were going through the lines. He said something to him, and Cameron, like, basically just like took a swung and hit him right in the face man that's that's crazy man I, I i don't see him being that type of player you know what i mean well he definitely he was definitely said something that the guy like, said like yeah to him. like it like, had to have been re- i mean just i'm talking about his demeanor he's just yeah. always so calm i feel like the pressure is not really always on him even though there's a ton always being kind of the man that he is on the court but i mean he must have really said something to set him off i don't think I don't think yeah. that's not in his nature to just to, just to pop off like no. that. No, no, and you could see it on his face like they're going through, and like he something was said, and he was like demeanor yeah. was totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so. he would been wound up, you know. I, I that game got a little punchy at the end. Yeah. I mean, it was a game that Portland State should have won. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they just sort of coughed it up, and I think they were a little bit frustrated about because I again I think if you're You've watched uh, the Sky Conference at all <laughs> officiating. I think there's a there's a tendency to focus uh, in on it, and uh, and so yeah, I, it got a little chippy at the end anyway. And so and Sac State's a much improved, yeah. you know, even though they're all brand new, they're almost wholly, um, you know, Big Twelve SEC type kids. So these guys mm-hmm. kids obviously can play a little bit. Yeah. Uh, then you know. Uh, we went into Freddie Brown, uh, Scott Blakeney graduated, and then Derek Carter Hollinger uh, transferred out too. And then I think isn't he at an HBCU? Yeah, uh, Beth uh, Bethune Cookman, I believe. There you go, Bethune Cookman. And, and he's getting again not he's getting the same role at a team who's not at all, you know, comparative yeah. um, to where we're at. Yeah, I just think it was a bad mix. I'm not sure entirely what. Uh, transpired but you know obviously he needed to get you know the heck out of town so yeah yeah definitely uh so you know those were our losses and what what did we add uh we added a freshman and Rhett Reynolds uh, I believe he was out of oh Shelby Shelby Montana yeah, I was thinking the S's in the Montana I'm like going through yeah. <laughs> um Jackson Knapp from Washington uh Anan Moody uh, from I think he was at UND and then Southern Utah as well, wasn't he? True. Um, and then Darrell Thomas, he's a freshman, uh, brother of Deshaun Thomas, who is a transfer from Colorado State. Uh, we got Jonathan Brown, a transfer from Central Methodist, and I think he was also at Fresno Pacific. And then, um, I'm gonna say this name wrong, Lalu Oki. That's that, yeah, that's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, I think you got it about as good as you can get it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm not good at uh names, but that's division two. And I, I know he was from Denver. Sorry, I've dropped my pen. Um, but I don't know what the school was. It was a it's a division I believe two. it was I believe it was um oh now I just brain fart. 
because it I don't know that it was Regis, but it might have been like um CSU Denver okay. or something like that. Okay. But but either either way, you're right. It's definitely yeah. Denver area. He was like all like uh RMAC conference type guy, double double. Yep. Yeah, he uh, he, he was like the leading rebounder in that in that school. Uh definitely was brought in to rebound and then Caden uh Bateman uh freshman from Missoula as well. Uh so we added you know depth, you know the reason for those those additions was size and rebounding. I think we got better at, at size and rebounding and then we've got a a pure shooter Deshaun Thomas who is a 6'9, 6'10 who can shoot threes. Um and so I I, I liked the ads my the best ad was probably uh just because of the attitude and the demeanor the ego that he has i think that he brought that edge that we were kind of missing um i think we had a lot of the same kind of guys that were really really great guys last year that i don't know if they wanted to be the top dog or the guy that was you know piss somebody off and say something and then go back it up uh moody is one of those guys where he can miss 10 threes and you give him the ball you know what he's going to do uh which is amazing to see <laughs> yeah and the the thing is is that he is not he doesn't need the ball in his hand to score yeah. and that was the one thing that we'd been missing you know a lot over the last couple of years is that as much as that brandon whitney can get to the get to the rim get to the rim yeah. we had our offense was pretty stagnant and then they couldn't so we get a ball pass back out and you couldn't they they couldn't score off the ball and Mo moody can do that yeah um because he he's got a full range game i mean he can work from the from the three-point line where his shot's pretty yeah um it is uh, vastly more aesthetically pleasing than some of the other people we've had run through here in the, the last couple of years. So, yeah, exactly. And then Whitney, you know, he, when he gets in, like his game is to drive, right? And he gets into yeah. the paint, draw a foul. Uh, he's a very good uh, free throw shooter. He is not a, a great outside shooter. You know, he has a good mid range jump shot. And then, you know, as far, you know, when you get farther out, it kind of goes a little wonky as i would say uh which i think if he wants to make that next step if he could do a you know 30 35 three-point shooter uh it, i think that would be be amazing for his a, shot um, is so flat it is very um flat. and i and it, i mean he barely gets free throws over the rim yeah. and i'm not entirely sure um you know how that came about i mean he's not tall i mean he's no. Um, six one six two i think yeah and he play it seems shorter you know mm -hmm. it's one of those guys it's just it, it's just where he releases his ball from and he doesn't get any lift on it yeah. and so you've got this ball that doesn't ever really have a chance to get over the front edge of the rim outside of about uh 10 feet yeah so well, and, and, you know, I think that's kind of the, why we needed more shooters, like you said, uh, scoring with some of the add-ins that we had, you know, really, really helped us going further. So, you know, up to this point, guys, I know that we, we're already past the, the, the conference or non-conference play. We're going into conference play as we speak. Uh, we've mm -hmm. played our first two conference games. Um, they are six and seven, or not actually... 
seven and seven, seven and seven yeah. overall, and yeah. one and one in the conference. Um, their loss, which pisses me off, uh, Eastern Washington. Um, they played tough, which that was a weird. Did you get to see that game, Josh? Yeah, yeah, I oh watched probably ninety percent of it, and I, it what Eastern's doing to teams because they did it to MSU too is yeah. that. I'm not sure that there's a taller, longer team in the conference yeah. other than Eastern. Their length is and, incredible. And they're able to use all of those guys to get at the basket. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those games where had Montana just been a little bit better at the free throw line, it's a game they win. Yep. Um, and which has been, you know, sort of, you know, sort of opposite of what they've been the last couple of years, you know, we're about 60% all game and Eastern missed only like three free throw shots between the two games on the weekend. And when you're shooting 95% and you've shot 43 free throws in both of those games, you got a really good chance of winning. Yeah. Well, in that game, it seemed like we had, it went back and forth and it wasn't like a, a blowout, but Montana hat, was up in that game for the a good portion of that game. I believe the like the 10 minute, eight minute mark, it kind of the it started to switch. The momentum started to switch a little bit as well. And you know, with the fouls, we got in a little bit of foul trouble. Whitney was out of the uh game for a good portion of it because he got two quick fouls and then um just it, it kind of compacted that as well. Um, so up to this point, uh, seven and seven, one and one in conference. Let's just do kind of a breakdown. I went through and I did a breakdown of where we're at with some stats and then yeah. also just with our opponents and then where we were at from, from last year. Um, so points per game, we were at 69.3 so far. I know it's kind of the middle of the year. So you kind of, are kind of eh, it, it's the middle of the year that is three points lower than we were last year um field goal percentage 45 percent. that's about the same as last year uh three point percentage we're at 35 percent. that's actually a little bit not much not much different like you're looking at 0. 0.2 0. 0.1 percentage points difference free throw percentage we're down we're down at least uh, a point and a half to two point points percentage points uh, from last year, rebounds were up a little bit, but not by much, um, about 0.2. And then assists, we are down. We're at 11.4 uh, assists a game. And then 12 turnovers were up at least uh turnover and a half a game. Um, and so you look at those things and you're saying, okay, so well, what's going on? Well, we're turning over the ball more. And we are shooting about the same field goal percentage. Our defense kind of hasn't really been – I mean, Josh, you let me know if you disagree with this. There's been games where it's been locked in, and then there's games where it hasn't been locked in, and this last weekend was probably the epitome of that where uh, it was a little loosey-goosey in the Eastern Washington game, and then the Idaho game, they kind of locked it in and kind of got back to what they what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like – you know, among if you were to look at what the team's a lot better at, they're better actually just in terms of sheer volume. They're better three-point shooting team in terms of the total number. They've been putting up more this year than I, you know, in, in recent years, at least the last two years, yeah. because, you know, 
Moody shoots it so well, and so does Deshaun Thomas. And and because they shoot it a little better, and Vasquez is actually getting more playing time this year, they seem to be shooting it a lot more. But they're they're I don't think they're nearly as good defensively with certain personnel on the floor. And no. I they couldn't play um, mostly because Deshaun Thomas was in foul trouble a lot of that second half against uh, Eastern. When they don't have him in there for athletic length, it's Mac Anderson who's a foul a minute. Yeah, and so I don't know that they're that good defensively once they get beyond you know their their you know their their core starting group of post players, and then after that it's just a little bit uh, um it's a little bit you know touch and go depending on who their matchup is from one week to the next. Well, Mac Anderson so, just hasn't felt the same this year as he did last year either. I don't know if it's injury wise or, or or what, but he hasn't really. Um, felt like the, the same guy. And then the Laluk, okay. I think he would, he would be getting a little bit more minutes, but the last, you know, two games conference play turned around and he hasn't been getting very many minutes at, uh, at all either. So no, he's a little bit more tonight, but again, and whether that's just because of elevation or not, um, he doesn't get rotational minutes at the end of the game. No, no. And, and, Tonight, you know, and I think that's still sort of the sort of the issue overall is that we're not very deep. No. And, you know, tonight, Whitney's not playing. You know, he hasn't played since about the, uh, you know, about the 13 minute of the second half. He hasn't played a lick. So I wonder if he's hurt again. But when he's not on the floor, they don't have he's not nearly um, Vasquez at the point is not nearly as a good defender as uh, Whitney. Uh, Whitney is. Yeah. And it shows. Oh yeah. So when you guys kind of think about it, obviously we're just a couple a couple games into the actual uh, conference play. But what do you think our Achilles heel is? Because it sounds like defense is a big problem, or is it more depth, or is it more camaraderie? Because like Adam had mentioned, you know, as far as statistically speaking, not much has changed. You know, I think there is a different team out there, but I wonder why we're still in kind of in that same boat. Or I guess I'm wondering your guys' opinion. Well, if you look, if you look at the the stats, like the our opponents are are scoring more on us, at least three mm-hmm. to four points more a game. Uh, their free throw percentage is up, um, and so they're out. They're doing a little bit less of out rebounding us, but um, they're turning the ball over less too. So we're not turning them over. So our defense isn't isn't getting those easy scores. Um, and I really have, I really don't think we've really gotten, you know, turnovers for buckets since, you know, 18, 19. I feel like that we haven't really done that no. <laughs> since then either. So we're, we're running out a little more this year, but it's not any more than it's not generating, you know, easy baskets. I, I really just do think is that when you look at, the totality of the team. I mean, we're back to Travis's preferred, you know, seven, eight man rotation and scoring wise. I think it's deeper scoring wise than we've had the last couple of years. I mean, we can get more points from more people, but the problem is really that when it comes defensively, um, I'm not entirely sure when it push comes to shove that it's any better defensively than we've been. Uh, I think, and I think that has part in part to do, I think, with the fact that um, we're for the first time since Takir's been here, we're sort of limited at guard, yeah, uh, defensively. 
and because Whitney's the only true defender we have and Vasquez is better of an off guard defender. So is Moody. And yeah. so, have, so the other guy that, that could be that potential defensive mix, if he could figure it out would be that Brown kid, but he hasn't. And so I, if, if it were to get to that point, I think that would help um, from a defensive standpoint, but uh, yeah, I don't know where, I don't, I don't know where it plays out, you know, honestly. Well, yeah. And then Jonathan Brown looked like, he has some skill. He's got some ability to make some some moves on the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, I think, you know, he's a transfer, so he's got to get used to, you know, the system and everything like that. But, man, you would you would think that you would see him a lot more with – because and I don't love Vasquez because he's just consistent, but he's not going to give you what Brandon Whitney does. He's not going to give you that – and he don't get me wrong he's a he has a great shot but it's not consistent enough where yeah. he can have a game where he's can't miss and then there's times where i've seen him like oh man that's not even close to the rim and so it's just inconsistent um so, so something that I, I i would hope going farther down that they play brown a little bit more get him in the mix so that they can kind of have a little bit more depth there because true it, if, if they're going to have Whitney with an ankle problem or a groin problem or whatever, or even foul trouble like that he did in Eastern Washington, you've got to have somebody that can drive and run the, and run the point. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, a little, I'm watching the end of the game. We're up by one with about uh, um, 30 seconds left. So, Oh, nice. Nice. So, but, but your, but your point's right. And again, I don't know what, I think generally when over the years as Travis's preference is he'll play guys who get it defensively. Yeah, he will. And that's his preference. And even if the guys are gifted offensively, they'll, they won't play if they're a negative defensively. And I, I almost have to feel that that might be the, a little bit of the case with Brown right now, that he's just not as good rotationally. Because you, you in this that that pack line type concept that Travis likes yeah. to run, he just doesn't. You really need defenders to rotate, and if he's not very good at rotating off the ball, then you then he just doesn't see a purpose to play him um, until they sort of you know buy into it. And yeah. you know, and again, transfers do take a little bit. So, yeah. So excuse the ignorance here. You said pack line. Explain that to. Uh... A newbie over here. <laughs> so pack line's a concept. It's basically matchup man defense. And and the way that it works really is that there's a heavy emphasis on help defense to force balls back out of the post, back away. And then you cut off all direct line to the basket. It's heavy pressure out front. And it's constant switch and roll, switch and roll, switch and roll, all of those types of things. And so we run, you run into this thing that if you don't rotate or you don't learn where you need to be on the floor, you give up a lot of easy baskets yeah. um, because you don't anticipate where that next pass is going to go. You don't drop deep enough because if you see it right and the ball drops below the free throw line on a pack line, you're going to see almost the whole defense slide down below yeah. it. And, and so that is sort of the concept. And if you're not very good off ball defender, you know, Travis has typically chosen those guys that are willing to 
you know, that are really good, especially as post players, hey, you got to be a good hedge guy mm -hmm. um, to run that guy all the way back down to the post. If you're a wing guy, you've got to be able to have that lateral awareness to step in to stop, you know, mm -hmm. dribble penetration, that type of thing. Well, and don't get me wrong, Josh, like the, the, the game against Eastern Washington, they were, the officiating was its normal, horrible self. Yeah. And like some of those fouls that they called, like their arms were straight up and barely even touched them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I've seen more contact in a high school game than that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the problem, you know, again, with Montana is that I think functionally and tonight showing it out again, you know, we get down to the end of the game. We struggle getting shots. Other teams go to the line. Yeah. And that's precisely what's happened here is, you know, in the last handful of minutes, we make defensive stops. We get foul calls. And then we can't draw those same fouls on the other end to give ourselves easy shots. I mean, I got to think that, you know, Northern's probably got about 10, 15 more free throw attempts tonight than we do. Yeah. And we just don't get to the line. And we don't get easy easy baskets and that's just a problem long in the long run yeah it is um you know scoring leaders you know josh bannon is scoring 16.3 points a game uh Aaron moody's about 15.1 and deshaun thomas is 12.9 and then brandon whitney's at 12.1 so you've got that four you know that four stud um group there that are scoring a lot of points uh, and it's about 70, 73% of the points, those four are scoring. You're not getting very many bench points at all. Um, and so, you know, what are some things that we would like to happen this season for us to be successful? We've got to get some more scoring, um, from other than the big four that we mentioned. Um, and then that defense has got to be a little bit more consistent mm -hmm. and then rebounding. You know, I think there's probably been this year a little bit more, emphasis on rebounding and i think uh josh has kind of gotten better in that but we're still need a lot more rebounding because uh eastern washington annihilated us on the offensive rebounding yeah and again you know like in a couple of those early season games you know against those better opponents you know that that i don't know if you watched the gonzaga game or not yeah yep the one thing that that was nice about that Gonzaga game is that you know that when they play at full full level, you can see like, oh wait a minute, oh, yeah. we have enough athleticism, we got enough depth that we can run. But then we're in a you know a slog game like tonight, and we can't get separation from a team who has four wins. Yeah. And and part of it is I really do think is in the games where Brandon Whitney is our primary instigator offensively and that anchor defensively we're a ton better but when he's not on the floor we struggle and that's that's what's happened tonight you know where we we can't get into offense at all yep. and 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 defensively you know we're going to still struggle with length um because our our wings aren't you know six eight six nine and 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 that's sort of what's happened tonight again so yep and then, you know, one of my last points that I think we, we need to just develop another scorer off the bench. Um, and then with the flow of the uh, – the flow has been better. Wouldn't you say, Josh, the flow of the offense has been better this year than last year? But it's still – and this is going to happen when you're playing too, too low posts and a lot of, you know, our offense is going to get it to Josh, get it to Deshaun, and I think it's helped with Deshaun being able to 
uh, shoot those outside shots. And Whitney's not going to be a threat outside. So you're going to want to get it in the middle. Um, so you're going to have other people kind of standing around. Um, but the flow sometimes kind of gets kind of stagnant. Um, and so it, it, there's not a lot of moving parts. No. And again, it's that it's that offense that Travis likes to run. And it's that, you know, it's either the 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 post entry from the wing or it's the the ball weave. And both of them are not high on other guys on the floor moving. Yeah. Um, basically, they're all react, read and react offenses. You get the ball into the post. They want to see they want to make teams collapse to Josh and then he's going to skip it, which is why his assist rates way up this yeah. year, yeah. or at least comparative to where it been. Um, as long as that we're getting people, you know, to move and early on, you know, against Gonzaga, people were moving all over the floor. Yeah. And, you know, they, we were getting into seams and all that type of stuff. But tonight, you know, um, they, they're doubling down on Josh again. And then that skip pass is going to a guy who's standing stationary on the wing and it allows the defense to recover, especially when it's a person that, um, that isn't nearly as good, you know, from a perimeter shooting standpoint. So they don't run out nearly as hard. Yeah. And so if that ball's going to Anna Moody, you know, he's one of those (laughs) into the rim, but you know, so times, yeah, it looks really, really good. And the ball movement's really fluid. It's crisp. Other times it's, you know, put the ball in Bannon's hands for 15 seconds and watch him, you know, dribble, 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 you know, baby hook. Yeah. And if it's going in, it's great, um, but it doesn't make for the the most aesthetically pleasing offense you've ever seen. No, no, not 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 at all. Uh, so, so I have a you, question. Yeah. So I guess kind of you know what I'm hearing from you guys, and kind of you know obviously thinking about the rest of the season. I guess what what do you guys think is the expectation kind of you know for the rest of the league play? You know, do you guys have certain things that you want to see out of the team or just a little bit more consistency in more areas, maybe switch some things around? I guess, what are you guys feeling? You know, I, I, I still think that, you know, in terms of starting five, you know, I think this is one of the better, you know, three or four teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem really, really gets, and, and it's not as much of a negative as maybe it might sound like, is that we got beat against Eastern, you know, that was a sort of a confluence of, you know, three little really, you know, sort of awful things. You know, we couldn't stay out of foul trouble. They made every every foul shot. And then, you know, um, we had, you know, a couple of off nights, you know, from the free throw line ourselves. If that works out, then we're 2-0 and in conference and we might have a little bit of a different conversation. But, you know, I still think if if we're able to get consistent minutes out of those seven, eight, or even nine guys, which is whether it's Jackson Knapp, um, Mac is going to give you Mac minutes. Um, yeah. It's going to be, you know, high foul, but at least you can play defense a little bit. But if, if they can get that type of and uh, type of consistency out of those, those bottom guys where they can give them minutes where they're not losing anything, especially offensively, you know, there's there's not going to be many teams in the conference are going to struggle with it. But it again, it's sort of a depth, you know, extended issue that, you know, sometimes we just struggle way too much for, you know, you know, the reasons that are only known by, you know, 
the great, you know, almighty or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and it's going to be kind of interesting because, you know, there's not an off night in the big sky. You know, you've got some teams that are are not great, but they're capable. And and so if you have an off night, like it's not going to be like, oh, you know, we, we got this one. No, you, you better be playing because a, a, a lot of these teams, they have some guys. Um, and like you said, Josh, I, I really do think, you know, our starting five is, is, is you know, top three, top four. Um, are we going to make enough sh- shots to be able to beat a Montana State, a, a UNC, a Weber State, um, and get those stops? It, it's going to be really interesting going down the line to see what happens. Um, if we can't have Brandon Whitney healthy, that's going to be that, that's going to be kind of hard for us to to make a run at this and and, and yeah. get far. Um, and so hopefully he's not injured too bad. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe they're just saving them for UNC on Saturday where they're going to be, you know, playing an amazing backcourt as well. So, yeah. Uh, and, and UNC has got a, a few of their own problems this year, but you know, it's yeah. like, it, it, we'd be much better situation, you know, I think coming down to the end of the conference season, if we can find a way to get, you know, that, that type of effort that, that's consistent. I mean, I've seen fewer offensive sketchy things like we had the last couple of yeah. years where we go seven or eight minutes without scoring a basket, yeah. don't seem, but we still go through these patterns in games where we couldn't throw it in the ocean. And then we just seem so discombobulated offensively. Yeah. And then tonight, when you look at it, you know, especially I really, this is where you get the sense that a lot of our offense is dictated on if, if Brandon Whitney's in the game, we can facilitate and move, yeah. but it's a completely and totally different team. If they have either Annan Moody or in this case tonight, Josh Vasquez at the point who's yeah. he's not going to beat you off the dribble. He just doesn't no. scare anybody. So, well, and that's why they know that Brown, he does have some capability of, of, of getting in there and, and making some type of athleticism. Um, but like I said, like in Montana State, that's going to be a whole entire different kind of beast with Bellow um, back, and he's going to be a monster. That's going to be it, – it's it's different because UNC, like you said, you know, they had a lineup last year that they had the bigs and the, and the guards. Now they don't have the bigs at all, and they're struggling mm-hmm. in that area. And so, like, going into the UNC game on Saturday, like, yeah, if we have Whitney, we can kind of hold our own with the with the guards, and we can kind of probably take advantage of our the posts. But if we don't, we're gonna we're gonna have a hard time with that backcourt in UNC. Yeah. Well, and the you know maybe maybe Vasquez gets some karma points because he's he's one of those rare guys now that hey I'm sticking around. Yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, he goes from getting starter minutes as a freshman in a lot of his sophomore year to basically not playing for a year and a half. Yeah. And and so now he's getting started like rotational minutes more so than he ever did last year. And, you know, maybe maybe that re- he gets rewarded with it. I mean, he's had actually played pretty decent tonight. And um, but again, I you know, the conference wise, as much as Portland State and Sac State loaded up i mean they they were heavy in the uh, transfer portal and got a lot of good guys um i still really think it's 
you know, when it when push comes to shove, it's Montana State. And it's because of their ability with, you know, Raekwon and and uh, Bellow that they've got this ability to find a way um, to consistently get consistent performance offensively, which is, I think, you know, outside of maybe Eastern, maybe the only team in the conference who could probably say against any team in the conference, we could get 80. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the case with anybody else. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree that you know, that Montana State's that cream of the crop, and you know they were ranked in the preseason as number one this year. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's really top heavy this year. Where Portland State and Sac, Sac State have gotten better this year, um, but you still have Idaho, which is weird because Idaho State, I wasn't going to think that they were going to be that great this year, but they, to this point, they're two and zero. They beat UNC. Um, and then Northern Arizona last week. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, it, the, the thing though is, is that um, his name escapes me. The guy at Idaho State, when he was at Point Loma Nazarene here in San Diego, he was known as a recruiter. He was able to go in and find talent and he just hasn't been able to do it nearly as much in Pocatello. But let, you know, outside of the of ISU's women's team, yeah. You know, you it's that's almost nearly impossible place to to recruit to, um, yeah. in Pocatello because it's it doesn't matter what sport it is. You're like, hey, do you want to go <laughs> in Pocatello, Idaho? And I'm not <laughs> sure that there there are many people who are going to sign up for that. You know, maybe yeah. maybe the only other place that you would have a hard time recruiting to is like you know Haver or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, any last thoughts, guys? Um, preview of the men and and hopefully they can get out uh out of over overtime with a win well they've come you know like as i watch this is they've come up with on three consecutive possessions three incredible defensive plays so as we were sitting there and talking about it um they are like let's go play some defense but you know what i you know optimistically i'm much higher on this team than i was at any point last year yeah yeah and before we we move on, let's kind of go over like what their schedule looks like. These are just their next four games. You know, they're at right now Northern Arizona tonight, um, and then they go to Northern Colorado on Saturday at 6 p.m. Um, showing there on ESPN Plus, and then also next week Thursday and Saturday they'll be uh, in Missoula with Weber State and Idaho State. That'll be a That'll be a game to watch on Weber State. I, I really like to see those battles um, because those those are two great teams. It'll be interesting to see how Weber State does because they lost their coach last. He, he retired to see who who they got coming back because historically Weber State is, is a great team in the big sky. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's – I mean, you know, Jones is – I. You know, if if Bella wasn't in the conference, I would have I would have said, you know, right now Jones would be my you know preseason Big Sky Conference Player of the Year, and because yeah. he's a double double machine, yeah, um, most nights. Um, but he's probably the best you know post defender in the conference. He's just an absolute beast down low, yeah. and they're they they hired the his you know Ray's longtime assistant. I can't think of his name. They struggled a little bit because they don't have. Um, good guard play. Um, they've really struggled with it. And so the um, outcome, all, honestly, uh, 
is, you know, Weber, who I thought was going to be, you know, much better, might be more middle of the pack, and Eastern might actually be a lot better than 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 we anticipated. So who knows? In Eastern Washington, when I was watching the, the game, their their length just amazed me on how long they were on on all the positions, just not just one, but the, all of them are long and lanky and tall. I didn't see a shorter uh, a guy that was shorter than six two, six three. No, and they got probably the best wing scorer in the conference if it's not just one battle in in Sylventers. And, you know, if they are if they're able to consistently do that, you know, which is get to the line 25 to 30 times a night with their length and then having Venters, who's as pure shooter as there is on score, you know, I'd have a hard time believing that they aren't, you know, through the at least the first rotation of through conference, you know, on top. You know, otherwise, I think it's Montana State. But in the next four games, you know, if if we can find a way to to navigate this last thirty seconds of the game, um, without, uh, you know, I could see us going, you know, four and zero, um, just because those next two games are at, you know, those those last two against Weber and Idaho State, and are at home. So I, yeah. you know, I feel like you feel like if you you lose that that sort of sketchy one at at home against Eastern. I think you can make up some make up some ground by the by the end of this next four game stretch. Yeah. Well before we go to the women's uh kind of uh review, I gotta ask Josh Angel and also if you saw the game too, I got two questions. Did you see the hit that uh Bannon took to the groin uh by price and are you amazed they did not call that a technical? You know what? I, I think you got to be look at it. Oh my gosh! Like yeah, see it. And I don't think a lot of times those officials ever are ever looking in that region yeah. and considering where he took it from. Well, and, he had the ball came down and just went boom right to the groin area. Yeah, drop Josh down, and they looked at it and they said, "No, it wasn't a flagrant." I'm like, "Whoa, my gosh! How do you not call that a flagrant? If you're calling flops now, then I don't know how you don't call that." And that pisses me off too because I I I, I don't like the flop, but it's a part of basketball. Like taking a charge is a part of basketball, and I think that when you take that out of basketball, you're taking a part of basketball out, Uh, and I, I just don't like that. Yeah, like I watched, you know, watching this game tonight, I don't think I've actually seen the flop tonight. Oh, okay. They haven't. But in those first two conference games, it was like a flop a minute. Yeah. Um, especially in that uh, that game against uh, our last one out against uh, Idaho. Idaho. That was yeah. uh, flopathon. Where, <laughs> no, he's watching the game. He's watching the end of the overtime game. <laughs> it must be good. It must be good. Yeah, I'm just watching it, and we had a chance at the rim and a three-point shot because Cone hit about a 25-footer for a three. So oh. the Northern Arizona is up by one with five seconds left. Oh. L. Martin, um, I mean, they could have probably called a foul there, but, you know, we don't get yeah. that but and why is that? Why do we not get everybody else gets the foul calls and we don't? I think it's I think it's defensive style. Okay. Um, I think there's uh, I think there's this this idea 
that because we're so aggressive defensively, it doesn't at all look like it. And plus our offensive system is all geared upon, you know, Bannon with his back to his basket. Now Bannon can get to the hoop yeah. um, and doesn't get a lot of that because a lot of his shots aren't through guys, but actually he, his, his left-handed baby hook thing, a lot of times he's drifting away from the basket. If he was actually going up and through people, I think he gets more, you know, like in that Eastern game. I think he gets to the line, but you know, everybody else, I don't, they don't initiate and we're not as direct to the basket as other teams. So I think that's part of it is yeah. I think that stylistically defensively, we play so much hands-on body pressure type defense that we get a lot of, you know, oblique bumps and bruises and those type of things that get called, called as fouls when, you know, in most cases, they're not really impeding the, uh, offensive guys they just appear to be because of how we we're not chest up to them we catch them on the hip a lot yeah sort of the the if there's achilles heel to that defense that's what it is yeah yeah and it just it's drastic too like if you look at that eastern game where we're getting you know 18 and they're getting 35 40 uh free throws it's it's a killer so yeah um let's go on guys the 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 women's side of things um, the women's preview side, uh, the overall last year, 21, 22, they were 19 and 11 overall 12 and eight in the conference, uh, which was a really good sign because I think it kind of, uh, turned that program around where it, it kind of got people excited to go into those games and, and mm-hmm. kind of being a part of that program. And again, and, you know, it wasn't probably where the players wanted and the, and the coaching staff wanted to, to, to end it on where they lost to NAU by, you know, it was 18, 20 points in the um, big side conference tournament, but you know, your first year uh, under Holzinger, I, I think that that's a good start. You know, you, you have a lot coming back this year. Um, we, you know, we lose Nia Morris Nelson. We lose to so we lose Sophia Styles, where she uh, transferred to Florida Gulf Coast and is doing amazing things there. Uh, Abby Anderson, and I believe she graduated, and so did Kylie uh, Frolich. And then Kendall Keller went to Carroll, and then you know we lose uh, our assistant coach Jordan Sullivan to Utah, and and she's doing great things there. I think they're like are they still undefeated. I think they're um, like 14, 15, or no. Yeah, they were at one point. I hadn't yeah. looked since since after Christmas, so yeah. I hadn't been paying attention that much. But yeah, um, but you know, you know, losing Sophia, you know, that kind of hurts. But you know, they brought in a, a freshman class that was, you know, one of the best probably recruited classes that we've had probably for a while here at Montana. Uh, Libby Stump is that freshman um, it, who's been playing amazing up to these last couple of games. Uh, Matt Koenig is a freshman. Um, and then you get uh, Lauren Dick, who I think she, I believe she hurt herself again. Didn't she tear her ACL? Yeah. And, and well, I think there's, I think there's two of them that, that, that ended up having the injuries. The, um, oh, the girl from Melstone. Yeah. Um, such with an M I thought. Wacker. Yep. Um, yeah, she blew our knee again. Yeah. And so they're just not. And you'll if you listen to Holsinger, all he'll tell you too is that you know, especially early on in the year where they don't have 
you know, G feller, yeah. you know, they're not very deep. Yeah. And, and that's going to cause them problems. It, yeah. They're, they're young, but they're not deep. Yeah. And um, all of their length is really young and they're not particularly strong at this point. And so you can see it in games where they're, um, like, especially last week against Idaho, <laughs> they got a little bit manhandled. Yeah. Well, and they kept it close till that second quarter. And I think that second quarter, they Idaho blew up and then it was try to try to come back and they held it together pretty good. They got back to eight points, I believe at one point and, and kind of didn't have enough with foul trouble and, and bodies. Yeah. Uh, but they also have a chance, a transfer in Gina uh, Markson from Idaho. Uh, and then I'm going to say this wrong. Keela Burton Oliver. She was a transfer from Arizona State, and then she went from Washington State, which is kind of a really gr- great read. If you guys want to go read about her and her journey, um, absolutely amazing what she's gone through to get herself back to this point. With it wasn't it a heart problem? Yeah, they wouldn't clear her. Yeah, and, um, it it was uh, it's something they could treat, mm-hmm. and but. Once she went uh, to Arizona, they wouldn't clear her. And then she went back with the understanding that she'd go to Pullman. And then they, they still wouldn't medically clear her. And then she went through some extensive testing. And then, I, you know, apparently the, the, the UM staff felt fairly comfortable in, in allowing her, you know, because you don't want to have, you know, no. yeah. most types of health events and... And so. she, she's, she's, she brings that size that we need, but she's also, you know, she's trying to regain, you know, not playing basketball for what, two years with. Yeah. Solid. With, yeah. Solid two years. You know, it, it's kind of hard to get back into the, that. Yeah. Group. She started looking for a better cashback credit. Oh. Whoops. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'll edit it out. <laughs> and then uh, Alex Pirog, Pirog, I think it's Pirog, uh, freshman. And then we got a new uh, assistant coach, Lisa O'Meara. I probably said that wrong as well. So sorry if, if I got that wrong. Um, but, you know, some, some great players coming into the program. Uh, we've got some great players that are, are coming back with Sammy Fatkin and Carmen G. Feller, uh, which now she's, she's healthy and playing well. And I think they've got like that, that big four where Sammy Fatkin's averaging about 13 points a game. Carmen G. Feller is averaging about 11.9 points a game now. Libby Stump has really come on as a freshman, uh, 11.3. And then Gina's get right about that 10.4. Uh, they're really fun to watch. They can score in big amounts. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting on the defensive side of the ball. And that, I think that's where, if you look at last year, that's where it's kind of – gone downhill for for them is you know going into it that they're scoring a little bit more but you know the the opposite side of the ball they're scoring about eight points more game two so it's kind of hit and miss yeah and and again i think that's more of that you know what what holsinger sort of tasked with which is that he's got to rebuild a program essentially from ground up considering yeah. with all of the out migrations, you know, at the end of Schwein's tenure and then into that, that one year under Petrino, there just so in so much movement 
and you know there's only a handful of players left and and so you got to sort of look at it as well what's the what's the long game yeah and so that's why he's got you know he's playing you know a lot of a lot of freshmen with or sophomores who are getting aside from G feller that are getting you know that have been in the program other than Markson, you know, that, that are getting the lion's share of those minutes. And with that, you're going to obviously have, you know, freshman hiccups and, you know, lack of, you know, that, that type of depth, especially defensively, you know, that, that sort of starts to show up, you know, and, you know, in close games. Yeah. And just to let you guys know, you know, that, up to this point, they're five and eight overall, one and one in the conference. Um, and they've kind of, you know, both uh, Grizz men and women kind of have um, challenged themselves in the non-conference where they've played some teams. Um, you know, I, th- I don't think the Grizz meant to. I think some of the the, the teams on the Grizz's uh, schedule were like, oh, they're all right this year. Uh, yeah. The Troy team was kind of like, okay, Southern Miss, when they played them, they, it was – I don't think they were expecting that. I don't think it was on purpose. Uh, but the women as well, they've played a, a, a good a, a good amount of teams where, you know, Colorado State, um, they played Wichita State, California, Washington State, um, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon's a, a pretty good uh, too. So they've challenged themselves playing the that top, top of the line uh, Division One teams from big conferences. I think that'll pay off. Um, you know, they did lose to Idaho, like we said, 71 to 79. Um, but they are, um, I, I think that the, they're only going to get better throughout this year and to build the program, like, uh, Holzinger is doing coach Holzinger is doing, if you can kind of get that next step in the year two, where you make a little bit more of a run and you kind of have your younger guy, young, younger women, um, make that leap. I think it'll be good um, with one of the worrisome things that I have is you look at freshmen, right? This is a totally different kind of atmosphere playing that they've ever been a part of, you know, how long can you handle this? So Libby stump, how long can she play like this without kind of that drop off where freshmen kind of have that drop off because of, you know, uh, health or just kind of that, that freshman drop off of where they're not used to it. Yeah. Uh, is the game going to slow down for them as much as, um, you know, it has. So that'll be interesting to see with that of h- how that goes. Um, but, you know, with where they're at right now, I think I think that they are, you know, kind of like the men where you look at Montana State and the women, uh, they are the preseason number one. Um, and then Montana was ranked preseason number two right behind Montana State. Yeah, so, I – if for me, you know, you know, you watch, you know, their games, I, I still think this is going to be until we find somebody, um, we still lack that perimeter scoring person who can score at will from the perimeter. Um, yeah. It just it's there are nights where we're like three of 30 from the three point line and and it's and it's sometimes it was that the I, um, it was a little bit that way, and especially when they play against you know better opponents, um, they struggle immensely at getting 
good clean looks from the perimeter that aren't you know bricks mm -hmm. and and it's just been a struggle and i think that a little bit of that is the fact that they are just you know they're super thin and guard yeah and and when you look at it you know stumps skill set at least early on has benefited is her athleticism and and she's able to get but they don't, we don't really have that consistent uh, perimeter threat, you know, game in and game out, you know. Yeah. Well, Heward, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's, a game for Heward. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing that the, she hasn't been as much of a, a a threat as she was last year because Heward was was a threat last year with, uh, with the outside shot, and it doesn't feel like she hasn't been as as a threat this year as she was last year. Yeah, and 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 the interesting thing is that I think you know, and in, in a couple of the games where I listened to Holsinger at the end of the game, I think it was after the Grand Canyon game and after the the Gonzaga game. I mean, his I think his his issue is a little bit of what Travis's issue is is that he's got girls who he knows who can play defense, mm -hmm. but I don't know that at times it's the best offensively. Yeah, because I think everything goes through G Feller, and it should, probably should go it through should, G Feller. Yeah. And but the part of the problem is, is that it's the way that it's working right now, especially defensively. G Feller's, I'm not going to call her an elite defender by any means, but they're not, um, especially with the combos that he seems to be preferring on the floor right now. That that they're going to run into the situation where they're going to get you know, either outsized or out athleted by either by just strength and experience, because that's what Northern Arizona does to everybody. I mean, they got all those girls who can run like gazelles and they're all like six one and jump out of the gym. And we just don't seem to have that many yet. And I think that's what he wants, but he just hasn't been able to, I mean, again, he, we're playing mostly freshmen and sophomores yeah. or true freshmen, sophomores, you know, and they haven't been in with COVID year and they're not like 27 years old. And <laughs> it's like some of those uh, guys who come back from LDS yeah. and are at Weaver state and they're 31, you know, and mood is, he's one of those guys, by the way. But, um, but the whole point is, is that, that, you know, they just seem a little bit weak. And I, that's my, would be my big concern. As you said, that I feel like that do they just run out of gas at some point? Yeah when they're leaning on stump uh, so heavily for a lot of those minutes of point guard, you know, does she finally, I mean, we do miss styles this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would be in a lot better position if, if she was in the fold, yep. um, but you got to like the, the talent of that freshman group. Yeah, you do. You do. So, you know, uh, kind of go into just the breakdown of, of the stats that they have. We kind of went into it. Like we said, um, 40%. We're kind of shooting a little bit less uh, in the field goal percentage, also in the three-point percentage as well. Uh, you know, we're up a little bit in the free throw, 73% on the free throw line. We're actually rebounding less, 38 uh, rebounds a game this year from last year, which is down at least two rebounds. Um, and then also just with turnovers, turnovers, we're turning over uh, – at least one one more turnover a game, which with playing a lot more freshmen, you're going to have that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like we said, we've said 
earlier on in the podcast, you know, what, what has been happening with us is, is our defense hasn't been as strong as it has been from last year. You're going to have that with playing younger and maybe not into the system of what they're trying to do there. Um, and so one of the things that I, I, I like to see going on is gelling, right? You, you would hope that those those freshmen and those sophomore kind of gel and the, the, the flow of the game kind of slows down and, you know, you can kind of, you know, get into that where they, they know what they're doing and you can kind of build off that defensive style that he wants to play. Um, also, just being able to reduce those turnovers farther down the line when you're going to play those those bigger teams, uh, Idaho and Montana State, if you turn over the ball, it's going to kill you, right? Uh, especially if, you, if you're not able to to rebound, if you're going to giving them another opportunity, it's just going to kill you. Uh, and so, uh, and then also just grow, grow off of off of this first year, grow into this year too. It, you know, it's it's a marathon. It's not you know this quick 100 sprint. Um, it, it's going to take a while to build back a. a you know, a program. It's not like, you know, back in the day of the glory days, right? Where Selvig was, you know, it, it's, it's good. It can't, you can't turn around a program that fast. And if you are, you're doing it with a lot of transfers and then you're tr- going out and looking for transfers again the next year. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I think you're, you're spot on with that because I think Holsinger said that he's going to get, because Holsinger, they brought Holsinger in and I'm, mentioned this last year too that that Holsinger's skill set is he's a recruiter yeah uh, that's what his skill set was at uh, Oregon State before he came here it's what he did when he was at Montana Tech prior to that yeah. and and so he's going to be able to recruit and I think it's pretty evident I mean they they have uh, Heward's younger sister who's a top you know 153 yeah. you know 150 to 300 girl nationally and then the other girl that they signed this year is um, up there as well. And and so I think what you look at is these girls who we hear he's bringing in this year can build to become, you know, above league average. Because the one thing that was always was every, every single one of those years that Robin had is that he had eight or nine girls that were better than – than anybody else in the conference. So he could just churn people year after year and they could sit on the bench for two or three years and then play. And they were still better than everybody. And you can't build the conference that way anymore because teams are just better. Um, And so you have to employ a different strategy and he's bringing in people from everywhere. I mean, Germany, you know, (laughs) great, you know, tried and tried just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on, Robin's philosophy of just getting the best Montana girls. Well, she stopped not getting the best Montana girls and then her out of state recruits didn't pan out. And then, so what do you have? You've got, you know, you know, three consecutive years of, you know, sub substandard performance wise and, and it did, didn't work out. And then Holsinger on the other hand, you know, is, is benching a lot on his ability to bring in talent that is above what normal big sky conference schools can bring in. Yeah. Um, and that's what his, that's what his bet is, but it, it's, it may not show up immediately. 
because yeah. it's, not, it's well, been my impression of this for years, but you know, it's my opinion. I, I think girls, women's hoops is a little bit different in that way. It's sometimes it's harder to find fre true freshman impact players unless they're truly special as a freshman. Sometimes it takes, um, you know, half a season, full season to get, you know, um, fully into the mix of it. Um, where sometimes you get those guys in basketball who come in as a freshman and are, you know, otherworldly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like we said, you know, preseason wise, you know, Montana state was ranked number two. Uh, Montana was uh, right behind them with Idaho, NAU, Sac state, Eastern Washington, Weber state, Idaho state, UNC and Portland state kind of running off that. Um, Carmen G. Filler was uh, nominated for all conference team as well. Um, she kind of got hurt in the beginning. It was nursing an injury. She's back. Um, and so, you know, she's, she's fun to watch. I love watching her, her play, her just determination. Um, and so, you know, we're playing as we speak right now in Missoula as well. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Uh, like I said, they're playing Northern Arizona. Uh, they'll be playing Northern Colorado as well this Saturday. <clears throat> And then they'll be on the road next week with Weber State and Idaho State. As is this the reversal of the men's schedule? Um, so watch those games if you guys have if you guys have not gotten ESPN Plus, definitely um, bum it off anybody or go yeah, and still get Adams. It. That's what I do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I have I, I have it on my TV, but my. For the forever, I had bummed it off a former student of mine for like the last fifteen years. So um, before, because it, it's 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 probably the best thing the Big Sky Conference has done. Yeah, um, has gone to this format of you know the ESPN Plus for all of its games uh, because a the video quality is better, but it's more universal. Oh gosh, yes. Root Sports was rough. Yeah. Yeah, when the Pluto Pluto was rough too. It was free, but man, you don't know what you're getting. You know, sometimes you're getting at the back of the the like somebody's holding a, a handheld camera or whatever, and then some are like you know Riley on the other side where it's like, man, ours is pretty good, but you go to other ones like Portland State or oh man, what, did Southern, you ever, Southern Utah that was bad. Oh, did you ever happen to catch that uh, Cal Poly football game? about maybe seven, eight years ago, where half of the game, they were filming a palm tree and didn't know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Playing the game, and so it's at that beautiful Spano Stadium, and they have the camera tilted, and they didn't even realize it. Oh. Uh, so you, you hear the game going on, but, you know, hey, we got this nice pretty picture of the uh, central, you know, California countryside and, you know, palm trees. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. And it's awesome because you can go back. Like I know I, I have little kids. So if you go back and, and you miss it, I, I can never watch a football game when it's happening. That's just not going to happen. And if it does, it, it's me pulling my hair out because it's like got kids draped off the walls. And so you can go back and stream it. It's, it's nice. Yeah. So, well, I found like even now um, this year, I probably watched more football games not live yeah and i did watching them live and partly because i like it because i can stop it yep um but at the same point it's uh um 
the the quality of the the ESPN feed is so and it's and it's a lot more like I said a lot more accessible so you can watch it anytime any place and it works really well on your phone um which the old um America one and Pluto formats never worked on your phone no no and <laughs> it, they did actually really didn't work on anything, anything. <laughs> but, you know that's neither here nor there exactly exactly well uh gentlemen any uh, last thoughts uh where we uh this is our preview for the men's and women's basketball. I know that the, we're, we're headed into this, you know, going into third game of conference play. Uh, but, man, I can't believe it's already here. Basketball's already here. And, and soon, before you know it, it'll be, it'll be March Madness time. Yeah. I, like I said, I feel like, you know, you know, even in spite of the fact that the Grizz lost tonight, you know, and I, and I think that might have had a little bit to do with you look at, you know, Whitney doesn't play. Um, if they can stay healthy and Whitney can give those minutes that that he had been playing at such a high level yeah. from that you know, those couple of games prior to uh, the Gonzaga game, he was probably the best player on the floor. Yeah, and if he can play and he's healthy, you know, I think they're fully capable of finishing in the top, you know, three or four in conference and getting that much needed first round buy, which they haven't had the last couple of years. Yep. So they don't have to play that, that gauntlet of having to play, you know, three out of four nights in a row. Cause that yep. is just, that's horrible. You know, awful way to play out in the conference tournament. So, so I, I still can't like I, I, way back when, when like Syracuse and UConn did that a couple of years in the big East where they went from like all four or five nights and they went from that to the tournament, which UConn's was amazing because they wound up winning the national title that year, yeah. which was even more amazing. That was that, my mind. That really weird year that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And they're like, where did UConn come from? Well, they <laughs> they were like a, a like an eight, seven, eight seed in their own and, conference tournament, yeah. wins out. It was the only way they were going to get in the tournament. Yeah. And then they get in the tournament and just well, ran everybody. You know, yeah. momentum is a thing. So yeah. Yep. Well, Josh, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and, and talking basketball with us. Uh, like you said, uh, if you guys haven't watched Grizz uh, basketball, men, men's and women's, be sure to check it out on ESPN plus uh, you'll be able to find them there. Um, but also Josh, you know, where can people find you? You're always a great Twitter follow as well. Yeah. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter these days. Um, as long as Twitter is still around, you, um, <laughs> you can, you can find me um, at grizzfan 24. Um, and, and so you can find me on Twitter. Um, if you just follow any of, especially you, you can find me because generally speaking, I'm going to have some sort of outspoken comment on anything <laughs> uh, U of M athletics related. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, can't thank you guys enough for, for listening. Uh, make sure if you guys uh, want to get a hold of us, we're all at Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter. Gosh, uh, <laughs> I did my part. At Fight on Montana, you guys can find the podcast anywhere you where you guys get podcasts at. Uh, but we want to hear from you, we want to uh, be able to create this awesome podcast for you guys. So get a hold of us. 
uh we can't thank you enough and hopefully you guys have a great new year yeah go great yeah. right on <laughs>